0: Well good morning, some of you might be quite pleased to know that I don't actually need to say much this morning because between Scarlett and Tasha my sermon has been preached already (laughs) but I'll tell you a bit more anyway Um, On those lines, one one aspect of our vision here at Emmanuel is that we are a growing charismatic church and it's one aspect of the charismatic that I want to delve into this morning um, but before I do that, just in case there's anybody who is not regularly among us and you're thinking, well, what does she mean by the charismatic? I'm referring to the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us, the ways that he chooses to manifest himself among us in order to, to build up the church and to reach out to people. And we seek to grow in those things because we want the Holy Spirit to have that freedom and that space to come and do what he wants to do among us. Um, a little while ago, we had somebody, and I can't actually remember who it was. It may have been marked upon, but it may have been someone else. So if you recognise what I'm saying and you, and you want to correct me, feel free. Um, but somebody came to the church as a visiting speaker, and they had a prophetic word for us as a church. And that word was that we would be a church that grow in the prophetic. And that those people who currently operate in the prophetic would grow in their gifts, so that there would be an increase, that more people within the church would grow in that gift. But as a church, we would become a prophetic people. Now, some of you might know that I have a particular passion for prophecy. So this prophetic word landed on my shoulders with an excitement. And it's one that I've, I've clung to and I've thought God on. And it, it's just remained on my heart that I want to see us grow as a prophetic people. people that hunger after the voice of God Um, so I'm going to spend this morning looking at why we should want to grow in the prophetic what is the purpose of it, why is it necessary, why do I get excited about it so I'm going to be looking, um, probably no surprises here at three chapters of Corinthians, it's Corinthians 12 to 14 I'm not going to read all of it because we'd be here all day um, but I've picked out a few key verses. But I would encourage you to go away and look at, look at the whole of those chapters because w- what I'm bringing today is from the whole of that. Um, so yeah, I'm setting your homework. So I'm going to start in 1 Corinthians 12, at verse 18. But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body we think less honourable, we bestow greater honour. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. And then I'm moving into the beginning of chapter 13. If I speak in the tongue of men and angels, but have not love, It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And then I'm just going to the last bit at the beginning of chapter 14. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him. But he utters mysteries in the spirit." So I just want to take a moment to look at where where this little section fits in. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. This is a church that he has previously set up, then left. And he's getting reports that all is not well at the church. There are divisions forming. There are factions within the church. And when you look through the the letter um, of 1 Corinthians, I see that there's a lot of issues. Based around pride. They're arguing about which teachers are the best and which teachers they're going to follow. They're arguing about what food they should or shouldn't be eating. Sexual immorality has entered the church and is being accepted. And there's very much uh, an atmosphere of I do what I want, I'm free to do what I want. I need to be heard, my opinion accounts for everything, you need to listen to me. And this is what comes through in this, and Paul is addressing this and saying, hang on a minute, you are only here because of Jesus. It is because what Jesus did for you on the cross that means that you are accepted by him. You have not earned it. It is all through Jesus. And he's bringing bringing them back to this picture of this Jesus who laid down everything for them. and so this this key passage in chapter 13 about love he's describing Jesus to them and he's saying you know love is not self-seeking love is not self-promoting love is not about me and my reputation it's not me and my gift love is giving love puts other people first love takes time for others love lifts up others and he's talking about the church as a body here. Now, there's lots of different illustrations in the Bible and even that Paul gives about the church. And in this passage, he's chosen the picture of a body, the body of Christ. And I believe he's done that for a reason because with a body, everything is connected. If he'd picked the temple at this point, you could have said, well, I'm this stone, you're that stone. My stone's bigger than your stone. I'm fitting this gap. This gap's a better one to fit than that one. But he's not. He's describing it as a body. And with a body, everything is connected. (laughs) We know that ourselves, don't we? When you stub your toe, it takes over your whole body. If you bang your elbow, you end up feeling sick. What happens in one part of the body, happens in another. And so Paul is saying to them, yeah, you might be over here and boasting about what you know and boasting about your gifts, but these people over here, they're struggling. They need lifting up. If you're not lifting them up, you're struggling, you're suffering. You are not as strong as you could be if you get behind these people and support them. So there's this picture of this togetherness, of everybody being valuable. So Tasha's word that she brought this morning about everybody in, in the church being valuable. Well done, Tasha, spot on. <laughs> <laughs> and interspersed in this, this picture of the body and this, these instructions of how we love Paul speaks about the spiritual gifts now in this church in Corinth it looks like spiritual gifts are thriving so let's not take spiritual gifts to be a sign that everything's okay <laughs> um, but they are speaking in tongues they are prophesying they are seeing these, these things happen But Paul's not speaking into 21st century conservative church here. If we superimpose the the church at Corinth onto us this morning, we've had some fantastic words brought this morning. We've had some fantastic contributions. Had that been the church at Corinth? They'd have probably been fighting over the microphone because actually one person had something better to say than the person before them. They wanted to be heard. Somebody else might want to have brought a tongue. But there wouldn't have been that space for the interpretation to come. And so there would have been this jostling for for attention because each person needs to say what they've got to say. And as I'm standing here preaching, people would have probably been shouting things out, not listening. Um, Some of you might have thought, actually, I can preach better than her. I'm going to boot her out the way and I'm going to take over. If you do think that, thank you that you haven't. And also, I might be standing here trying to preach in tongues to look very spiritual, um, but nobody would have been understanding it. So Paul's showing this picture of chaos. This is something that is not glorifying to God. Nobody's getting anything out of it. People are either getting frustrated because they're not being heard, or they're just sitting there thinking, what on earth is going on here? And Paul says to them, "Yeah." You are prophesying, you are doing those things, but you sound like a clanging gong. When prophecy is brought without love, it doesn't sound good. It isn't, it isn't in the right heart. Now, Paul talks about gongs and cymbals here. I, when uh, my eldest Thomas was younger, we went up to the stage to see the snowman, and it was on the big screen with the, the orchestra there in front he wasn't really interested in the orchestra he just wanted to watch the cartoon but I was fascinated by the orchestra when it's there in front of you 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 see those intricacies of how one one instrument works and and how the different parts of the orchestra fit together and it it was great it might have been a very different experience if the only person who turned up would have been one man and his gong gongs and cymbals have limited musicality now I'm not musical so apologies to anybody who plays the gong Um, but on their own they're they're not the most tuneful are they and after listening to it for a while you'd probably get a bit of a headache and in the same way when you put the, the, the gong and the cymbal into the orchestra they bring clarity they bring definition they bring power they bring strength to it And in the same way, when prophecy is brought to the church in love to build up the church, it adds that strength, it adds that power, it brings the word of God into into that moment and it adds to it. It doesn't detract, it adds to it because it is for all. So Paul is placing those, those gifts within all of us and the the verse that Scarlett brought us this morning I had to nip over and and ask her where it was because this is what I'm wanting to to talk about this morning so that was in 1 Peter 4 and it was verse 10 and it was as each has received a gift use it to serve one another as good stewards of God of God's gift and like I say that's the message that I want to bring us this morning God gives us these gifts for a reason. He gives us some to build up. So going back to the word that was brought to us as a church, we want to be a church who grow in the prophetic, not because we all want shiny gifts, not because we all want to look good and sound good. We sometimes have to battle those desires, but we want to grow as a prophetic community because we want to be a community that grow in strength, that grow in the knowledge of God, that grow in the knowledge of who we are in God and, and understand more of who he is. So the the heart of prophecy can be summed up by what Jesus said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbour as yourself. At the core of the prophetic are two key desires for the presence of God and for the building of the church. The first, looking at the presence of God, everything comes back to this, doesn't it? It doesn't matter what i would be preaching on here, it comes back to knowing God's presence. It comes back to knowing Him, to being with Him. And when I'm talking about God's presence, that's either when we're off alone, at home on our own, or here together, focusing on Him in worship and adoring Him together. And God's not just a God who wants to be here. He was a God who longs to interact with us, whose Spirit longs to speak to us. He longs for that relationship with us. And I, I have two different responses in my head to God speaking to me. One of them is, he's my father. Of course he talks to me. Fathers talk to their children. Fathers want to get to know their children. Fathers want to show who they are to their children and want to show their love for them. It's the most natural thing going. My other response is, whoa, God speaks to us. The almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, wants to speak to me. And he wants to speak to you. He doesn't just do it because I say, please talk to me, please speak to me, please say something. It's his idea. He speaks to us because he longs to. He longs for us to know him. He longs for us to know his voice. There's a lot of people in this world who are far too busy to talk to me. The Queen has never had me around for a cup of henna chat. But the King of Kings talks to me all the time he talks to me every day he's got all the time in the world for me and it's the same for you the same voice that spoke creation into being wants to talk to you the same voice that said over Jesus this is my son with whom I'm well pleased wants to talk to each one of us he longs to do that because he loves you and he wants, he wants you to know that but he also wants to talk to you about the person next to you so that you can tell them how much he loves them So, the more time that we spend in God's presence, the more familiar we get with His voice. You know, my mum rings me quite regularly, and she never says, Hi, Sally, it's mum. She just says, Hi, because I know her voice. I've known her for um, 42 years. (laughs) And she doesn't have to tell me who it is. I recognise her voice. And God wants us to be the same with him. And that takes time and it takes practice of listening to work out whether, whether we're hearing him, whether we're hearing ourselves. But God wants us to grow in that recognition of his voice. And we do that in his presence. Now God can speak to us anywhere, anytime, in the middle of anything. You, know, you can be going about your day, going about your busyness, and he drops something in. And God regularly speaks to us that way. Um, with my children, we have, we have those types of conversation every day. Those types, it's usually along the lines of, you've got five minutes, get your shoes on, we need to go. They know what they need to do. They've heard, the, they've, they've heard their instructions. After I've said it three or four more times, they might do it. But that's not how I get to know my children. That's not when I find out about their character, find out about their passions, and find out about their day and what they've done. That happens as we're walking home from school together. That happens over dinner. That happens when we take the time to be with each other. And God longs for that time with us because, yes, he can drop in those those quick things through our day. But he wants that time with us where he can start to talk to us at length, And in depth about the things that are on his heart. The God of heaven wants to share his heart with us. He wants to tell us how he feels. He wants to tell us what he's thinking about. That's amazing. And you know, I cannot get enough of hearing it. The more I hear God, the more I want to. It just makes me more hungry for it. And so then we come to the other focus of the prophetic the desire to build up the church like I said this is not about us having nice shiny polished gifts it's about us desiring to build up one another and to build the church and see salvation, part of the word that Scarlett brought was that we take our gifts out there and that people out there see who God is but also when they come in we use those gifts to then build up and strengthen and encourage the people among us. Remember, we're a body. The stronger stronger one person is, the stronger another one is. So we seek to build up. Now, I just want to read out a few phrases that I've taken just from these three chapters in, um, in 1 Corinthians. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The one who prophesies speaks to the people for their upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. The one who prophesies builds up the church. Speaking of tongues and interpretation, the church may be built up. How will I benefit you? Since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Let all things be done for building up, so that all may learn and all be encouraged. Paul's kind of making a point here, isn't he? <laughs> In the church, we're not looking for celebrity prophets, celebrity preachers, people that have got it all together. None of us have anyway, and even the ones that we might claim as celebrity uh, <laughs> prophets and preachers, they haven't. But we want to be a church where everybody ministers to everybody else. Nobody is excluded in being ministered to. Nobody is excluded in doing that ministering. We all have the Holy Spirit. We all have his gifts within us. And Paul makes it quite clear in here that he wants everybody to desire the gift of prophecy. This is not just for a few elite people. This is for all his children. Yeah, those gifts might be on different levels, but everybody can hear from him. Everybody can learn to recognise his voice to encourage other people. And we all need encouragement don't we? Doesn't matter how long we've been Christians it doesn't matter what our role is it, it doesn't matter what our age is, we all need encouragement. And I got some encouragement this morning, I had a A lovely text message from a certain member of the church this morning just encouraging me. And you know that lifted me up? I just felt that bit stronger. So, okay, I can go out there and preach this morning. I just had that extra bit of lift. We all need that. So, if you have an encouragement for somebody, they probably need it. Don't think, oh, no, they're fine. They've got it sorted. They haven't. They need that encouragement. I want to look at a few examples from the life of Jesus where Jesus used the prophetic to bring about change. And Jesus said to us, well he said to the disciples but that includes us, that you will do greater things than I. Now this, this blows my mind because well, Jesus was Jesus and I'm me and you're you. But this is what Jesus said. And the reason why we can do those greater things is because we are his body across the world, not just here, but we are filled with his spirit. We are filled with the same spirit that equipped Jesus to do everything that he did. So all these things that I'm going to talk about now, these are all things that we can do because we have that same spirit as Jesus. Now the first example was the woman from Samaria who Jesus met at the well. This is in John chapter 4. Now this was a woman who, she had had four husbands. The woman that she was currently with wasn't her husband. She's going to the well in the middle of the day when nobody else goes to the well. Reading between the lines, this is a, a woman who struggles with relationships, who struggles with isolation. And Jesus goes and he meets her and he spends time talking to her. But he prophetically sees into her situation. He knows her life story without her having to tell him. But he speaks to her with love and he speaks to her with life. The result of this conversation with Jesus is that this woman who has avoided everybody goes rushing off to the people that she's been avoiding. And she starts telling them about this man who knows everything about her. This is quite a dramatic change from avoiding people to rushing to them. Jesus has brought restoration to her through those words. He has brought value to her. He has lifted her and shown her that she is loved. And she's gone rushing off. But not only has she gone rushing off to these people, they're listening to her. She's probably the person that they've all avoided up until now. But they're listening to her. There is a restoration of relationship going on there. It's not just that he's given her the ability to speak. There's a restoration there happening through a few words that Jesus shared with her. And the Holy Spirit can do the same through us. We can speak to people through the power of the Spirit who are feeling isolated, who are feeling unloved, who are feeling unvalued. And our words can change that. It's the Holy Spirit doing it, it's not us. But our words have the power to change those situations. Another prophetic moment in in the life of Jesus was when he changed Simon's name to Peter. Now at the point when Simon was still referred to as Simon, he was very erratic in his behaviour. He was very impulsive. He was a bit all or nothing. And Jesus said to him, Simon, I'm calling you Peter. You are a rock on which I'm going to build the church. Now at that point, Simon didn't really act like a rock But Jesus saw something in him that he was going to use for the future. And when we go further down the line to Acts, we see a rock. And on that rock, Jesus is building the church through the Spirit. But right back here, before that, that character of that rock had come out, Jesus saw it. Jesus saw it and he called it out in him. And Peter, through many different trials, many different events began to act like that rock that he had been called to be. And again, in this room, there will be gifts and character traits that Jesus has placed in people for their future work. And through the Spirit, he will give us insight to call those out. So if somebody says to to you something, that you think, oh, that doesn't sound like me. Well, it might not sound like you now. But pray into it because God might be taking you on a different route. God might be preparing you for something that is very different in the future. But our words can encourage people and take people down that track that God wants to take them. And then another story. I love this story in the Bible. When Jesus was anointed by Mary in Bethany. This is one of those stories, it, it, it describes the. Jesus sitting around with the disciples. In my head, they're having like a business meeting or something. They may not, we don't know what they were talking about, but that, that's the picture that I have. And in walks Mary, she probably rushes in actually, and she's got this expensive perfume and she pours it out over Jesus' head in this act of adoration, in this act of wanting to worship him and bless him. Now at this point... Her emotions are on show. She is vulnerable. She's, she's put herself out there. And the response that she gets is, what are you doing? What a waste of money. That money should have been used for the poor. How have you thought this was a good idea? Now, putting myself in Mary's shoes, at that point, i would be feeling about this big. I think, I've got it wrong. I've made an idiot of myself. I just want the ground to open up and swallow me now because I've I've made this public fool of myself. And then in steps Jesus with a completely different response. And he says to her, No, what you have done is beautiful. I love that you have shown me your affection in this way. You have been unlimited in your affection. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. (laughs) But Jesus, Jesus affirmed Mary. Jesus raised her up and showed her his delight in her. He didn't stop there though. He then went on to bring this amazing prophecy to her. And he said, whenever people talk about me, they will remember you. And I find it quite exciting that I'm actually fulfilling prophecy by talking about her this morning. And across the world this morning, I wonder how many people are talking about her, are talking about this act of, of unbridled love that she had for Jesus. But by the end of this, this conversation, this, this event, I bet she felt so loved and so affirmed by Jesus. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do through us, through the prophetic He wants us to affirm one another. He wants us to show one another how much he loves us, how much he has for us, how much he values us. Last week, um, Tywall brought us a very powerful word. and He he looked at a few different verses, but one of those, um, as I was preparing this, one of them stuck out to me because I thought, that's the same, same point, different message, but the same point that he was wanting to bring. And that verse was from Haggai 1, verse 8. And it was, Go up to the hills, bring the wood, and build the house, that I may take pleasure in it, and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. So I say this morning, I preach on a very different subject to Taiwo, but essentially the message is the same. We are invited up the hill. We are invited up the mountain of the Lord. We are invited into his presence. And when we go there, we get that wood for building. We get that word. We get that encouragement. We get what the Holy Spirit brings to come back and to build the church, to encourage the church. I want to see Emmanuel go from strength to strength and glory to glory. And there's a reason for that and and, and that's said in Haggai and it says that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified says the Lord. As we grow from strength to strength Jesus takes pleasure in us. What is more important than that? What can be better than knowing that Jesus takes pleasure in us and that we glorify in him? So I want to encourage you this morning eagerly desire prophecy because it is for his delight it is for his glory I'm going to ask if the the band would come back up I want to do something a little bit different in the ministry time this morning as I've said when I've been talking I believe that prophecy is is for every child of God everyone who knows God he wants to speak to And so I want to give an opportunity, if there is anybody here this morning who feels like they've never heard God or they've never been used in prophecy, but you would like to, you would like to be part of strengthening this church, I'd like to invite those people to, to come up to the front and then what I'd like is I'd like the ministry team and anybody who is prophetic, who has a a strong prophetic gift. I'd like to be of those people just to come out and just lay on hands. The the Bible talks about laying on hands as a way of passing on gifts to one another. I don't know why that works, but that's what the Bible says. (laughs) So that's what I'd like to invite this morning. So if the ministry team would come out, and i say anybody who feels that or is unsure if if they've stepped out in prophecy, I'd love to encourage you this morning because I want to see this church really grow and become a really strong prophetic people.